All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Soup's cold. (laughs) There you have it. There you have it. Let's get into it with the lead. (laughs) No, there it is. Probably wasn't expecting such a short lead. About half a second too late. Um, Very similar to, I guess, what our boy Jack Campbell's like on a lot of shots. Okay. All right. I've taken my two cheap ones. (laughs) I'm good now. I'm done. Uh, Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube, where our boy QF Pro is in with the first comment, said a big week ahead to set us up for the playoff push. After this week, we have 15 games remaining, five of which are against divisional opponents currently above us in the standings. Okay. It is a big week coming up. It's going to be busy, busy. 18 games to go for the Edmonton Oilers in the regular season. And we'll be coming to you for all of those from the Sports Closet Studio. Check them out, sportscloset.ca. Where is the time gone? Honestly, we're in the final. We are like well into the final quarter of the regular season here. Granted, I'm hoping we have a long, healthy run of playoff game day shows to do. Mm -hmm. Because having to fill a lot of time between the end of the season and the draft would be really, really crappy. Um, but anyways, uh, hoping our YouTube holds up or our internet holds up uh, today as well. So you never know. You never know this YouTube. The only thing in the Edmonton market. No, I said I was done with Jack Campbell cheap jokes. No more. Uh, we're going to break that down coming up with our three big things. Also, Mike McKenna is going to pop in for our friends at... Star Mechanical. I wonder what we're going to ask the former NHL or former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna about. Could be a, a variety we, of things. We should go back. We had him on. It was our first ever show, the first ever edition of Oilers Nation yep. every day. We should go back and think and just rewatch how optimistic we all probably were about Jack Campbell at that point and then like compare it to now because it'd be very different. It would be extremely different. There'd be probably no optimism now. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, let's not predict it. It's exactly what yeah. it is, isn't it? Uh, it's extremely tough to watch this guy play at the moment. And there's not a lot of belief, unfortunately, when he's in between the pipes. No, there is not. Uh, it is also a Sherwood Ford Giant game day. Shout out to our friends at Sherwood for the Giant. The Oilers are in Buffalo to take on a Sabres team that is coming off a very impressive victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a little concerning. Uh, the Sabres also pushing up for a playoff spot right now. And I believe based on points percentage, they are in and actually holding on to that second spot. So it should be a pretty motivated and pretty hungry Sabres team tonight. They're playing meaningful hockey in March. 
in Buffalo. That fan base is uh, they're gonna they're gonna get going right away on the Sabers here. Uh, shout out to everyone watching on the Nation Network YouTube as well. If you can do me a solid, hammer that like button. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. You should. You don't want to miss anything. A lot of people who watch the show aren't subscribed, which I was surprised about. Yeah, I know. Like when you look oh. at the numbers and like the streaming numbers. Um, anyways. Internet's holding. That means we can get into our three big things brought to you by AMA Travel. They make our nation vacations possible and they can help you with your summer vacation. Also, Jay's not here because he's in an all day meeting, but I see he just texted you what his bet is going to be for tonight. So, so stay tuned mm, for that little yeah, teaser. Right on time, Jay. Uh, three big things brought to you by AMA Travel. Number one, Liam. Okay. In the last week, they came away from that stretch, and we recognized it was a hard stretch last week, right? Mm-hmm. You went Boston, Toronto, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. The Oilers walked away from it 500. I My first big thing is that the offense is humming, and it's not necessarily all McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're getting some contributions from all over the place. Nick Bukestad, first as an Oiler, yep. in the loss on Saturday. They're getting a ton of offense, and they walked away from that really difficult stretch at 500. It ended poorly, but last week, no complaints. I think, too, like, obviously, they come away 500, like you said. But when you watch the games, yeah, I think it's fair to say the Oilers were probably the best team in three or four of them. They were really good against Boston. And the only one that went poorly was Winnipeg. I know that's a little bit on the goalie. But I think there was large portions of that game where Winnipeg had a lot of control. Yeah. outside of it. So, yeah, I think the Oilers had a fantastic week. Third period, though, they turned on the Jets. They did. And no pun intended. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, there you go. I didn't even think about that. Uh, third period, they they brought it up a level, but Winnipeg's goalie, even though he was fighting it that night, Connor Hellebuck, fighting it for a second straight night against the Oilers, he actually played really well in third and made some big saves. So there's some goalies that can fight it and then still find that yeah. rhythm. And Connor Hellebuck, man, he's on a tough stretch right now. But boy, oh boy, I promise you, every time he's between that pipes. The Winnipeg Jets think they can win a hockey game. Yeah, and that's pretty much how they have won hockey games this entire year. So I have zero problems with the way the offense is going. In fact, this is probably the best they've looked offensively, I think, all season. There was that run in January they were good, but they were lighting up the Sharks and the Ducks to get those 13-goal games. Um, Yeah, they, they were lighting up some generally poor teams. Like They're beating good hockey teams right now, and in their last three games, they have eight goals averaging six goals a game if i was craig anderson the expected starter for the buffalo sabers does the mic keep falling down it keeps falling down i might switch should i switch mics nah, i don't know i think it's i think we'll, we'll stay here you just can't see off my it. face good idea this will work these mic arms are great we just keep telling you know, ourselves that's a little that. better yep you did, it's like jack campbell you just got to believe in them i said i was done <laughs> anyway six goals Average of six goals per game over their last three. If I'm Craig Anderson tonight, I'm rather scared about the onslaught. I'm going to face Edmonton expected to go with Stuart Skinner tonight. Uh, the Oilers' power play is also clicking pretty well. Namely, Leon Dreisaitl is scoring a lot on the power play. This guy on the season is now up to 26 power play goals. Seven clear of second place in the league. He's got 41 on the year. 26 of them on the power play. That is crazy. And I got a couple of things I want to say on this in regards to Dreisaitl in the power play. There was a great chart that was tweeted out to everybody who had it. showed where he scored a lot of his goals. A lot of them from that right side of the ice in his office. Yep. And there are a lot of people who go who are pushing this narrative and, and complaining about this. Well, it'd be great if he could do something other than just that. Be great if he could score five on five. It'd be great if he would move around a little bit. and. I don't understand, and this is people from other fan bases as well, not just the oil, not just oil, some Oilers fans. People want to discount Dreisaitl doing what he does on the power play. Like we haven't just spent 15 to 18 years in the NHL being in awe consistently about how Alex Ovechkin does the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Steven Stamkos, the exact same thing. They park in one spot on the power play and they don't move. And everyone's acting like... This is, you know, Leon Dreisaitl is the only star who who benefits from production. He only scores on the power play. One, if it was this easy to score on the power play, everyone would do it. It's a legitimate talent. I know he's got Connor McDavid feeding him and things like that. It's great. But I think we need to give Dreisaitl a little bit more respect 
for being as elite and unstoppable as he is because it's getting to the point where everyone knows what the Oilers are trying to do. They're trying to feed Leon Dreisaitl in his office or set up situations where he can creep back door. That is basically the game right now on the power play and no one can stop it. Put some respect on Leon Dreisaitl's name, the best goal scorer in the NHL, full stop right now. He is the best. And I understand Connor McDavid is on an unbelievable run and has decided this year, hey, I'm going to start scoring goals. Doesn't even matter to me. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, let's go back the last five years. Who is the most goals in the NHL in the last five years? It is number 29. It's Leon Dreisaitl with 220. He's an absolute machine. Put some respect on his name. That's my second big thing. I just never understood the argument of power play goals being discounted for what they are. They count exactly the same as what somebody who scores five mm-hmm. on five. Mm-hmm. Who cares? The Oilers are put on yep. an advantage and they're able to capitalize more times than not yep. because they have elite players like Leon Dreisaitl who can score from the craziest angles in the world. Like His office is is kind of nuts where it is, to be honest. Yep. Like It is so difficult to score from that position. And yeah, I couldn't give two where Leon Dreisaitl scores a goal. He could score 500 empty net goals for all I care. As long as he's putting the puck in the back of the night, it truly does not matter to me how he's scoring goals. Yeah. And a lot of people, I'm going to have to start going on this rant again. I did, had to do it last year. Well, what's going to happen in the playoffs when there's not as many power plays? That's not true. It has like never been true. Go back through the last five years in the NHL. The idea that there's less power plays in the playoffs is just a made-up hockey narrative that somehow people still run with. Last year in the regular season, Liam, the Oilers had 2.87 power plays per game. That ranked them in the bottom half of the NHL. In the playoffs, it went up 3.13 power plays per game. They got, on average, 0.4-ish more power plays per game in the playoffs than they did in the regular season, and that was still 13th amongst playoff teams last year there's only 16 the oilers at more power plays than they got in the regular season were still right near the bottom in power play opportunities per game the boston bruins 4.14 the minnesota wild washington capitals and toronto maple leafs four teams in last year's playoffs were above four power plays per game you want to know how many teams in the regular season were above four power plays per game go ahead zip not one not even a team above 3.5 The idea that the Oilers won't be able to ride a hot power play throughout the playoffs is just such an uneducated take that so many people in media still run with. And it's wild because it makes absolutely no sense. Casey Forrester, overall, there are way less penalties, man. Give your melon a shake. I literally just explained how that's not true with numbers, with like what actually happened last season. There's actually going to be more because of how aggressive it seems. So it it feels like, and I understand this feeling that there's going to be less because so much is like missed, but really they're calling more because so much more is happening. Yeah. You could argue. And the point I will give, there are more infractions. Sure. Sure. There are missed calls in the regular season though. You just notice them more when it's the playoffs and there's more on the line. So again, Mm -hmm. the idea the idea that the Oilers and Leon Dreisaitl are suddenly going to be ineffective because in the playoffs, power plays go away. Like, again, it's just flat out not true. <laughs> Our boy Kenny Holland, Kenneth Holland, I should call him because I don't want people to get confused. He just says, <laughs> at Casey, the guy arguing with me, hates facts. And I mean, that's all I'm doing here is I'm spewing facts. Uh, my third big thing from the game on Saturday, Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard are here. And Liam, they are beautiful. They're very, very good. They're we may have seen this before, Tyler. And Evan Bouchard goes with a veteran defenseman and some mm-hmm. positive impact. You would have thought. It is a three-game sample size. I know it. First off, here are some Evan Bouchard numbers. Averaging 20 minutes and 50 seconds. He's picked up three assists. They all came in the game on Saturday. He's got seven shots on goal in the span. Oh, and look at the Oilers' power play. 31.3%. Everyone was like, oh, the Oilers' power play is not going to be able to score mm-hmm. with Barry. Ah, McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be replacement level now that Tyson Barry's gone. Evan Bouchard <laughs> is really damn good at quarterback in a power play. And although he didn't get a point on this goal, There was a play in the first game against the Jets on Friday. He holds it in at the lines. Great keeping. Makes a smart, quick play with the puck. The Oilers end up scoring a couple seconds later. The Oilers power play, 
Not that I even feel like we should have been talking about this. It's going to be fine, everyone. Evan Bouchard's been great on the power play. And this is coming against the Winnipeg Jets, who were the second best penalty kill in the league, and also Toronto, who is the 11th. Mm -hmm. It's a good couple of penalty kills I just went up against, and they were able to produce at such a high rate. I understand kind of the the worry in a way of like replacing someone like that on such a good power play. But also, let's not underestimate how offensive-minded Evan Bouchard yeah. is. We always talk about his defensive issues. That's because his offense is so strong, and I get it. He's a shin pad assassin. That is something that needs to get he better. He needs to work on it, but he he's a young dude. But when he's playing with those kind of players, they're going to eventually find ways to make it so that Evan Bouchard has these shooting lanes available to him because everybody on that power play is what makes it one great power play. It's not just Tyson Berry. It's not just McDavid and Dreisaitl. As a five-man unit, yeah. they are very, very difficult to break down. And taking one piece out isn't going to be a massive issue, especially when it's Barry for Bouchard. I know earlier on when Dreisaitl missed those one or two games, the power play wasn't quite clicking as much, but that's obvious. I mean, you take out yeah. Leon Dreisaitl, like. So I'm not worried about the power play at all with Bouchard in that. I think actually it'll be just as good, if not slightly better. I'm fired up. I'm spicy today. Old man Barker, who are these two and why should we value their opinions? Honestly, just don't watch. Just There's an X on your browser somewhere. Just close it. Go do whatever the hell else you were doing <laughs> on a Monday, dude. Um, yeah, I, the oldest power play is going to be fine. Back to Bouchard and Ekholm specifically, though. Again, I am understanding this is a three-game sample size. It is a small sample size. In the last three games, with both Evan Bouchard and Matthias Ekholm off the ice, there's been 458 minutes played at five on five. The Oilers have been outscored 26 to 22. Outscored 26 22 in that time. With Bouchard and Ekholm on the ice, they are outscoring the opposition five to one at five on five. Wow. It's only been 36 minutes and they've scored five goals. In 36 minutes with Bouchard and Ekholm on the ice, five goals for. In 458 minutes with them off the ice, they've only scored 22. I am really not that good at math, but they're producing a lot more with those two on the ice, and they're giving up a lot less with those two on the ice. They look like a really damn good duo. They're out shooting the opposition 22 to 15, the Oilers are, when both Bouchard and Ekholm are on the ice. And I think it should be noted Matthias Ekholm's given this guy a bit of a boost and hopefully helping him find his confidence because in these three games, there's also been 162 minutes where Bouchard has been on the ice at five on five without Ekholm and it's eight, six in that span for the other team. So again, I'm not very good at math. Those ratios don't line up. Bouchard and Ekholm, keep them together. Woody do not think twice. I don't want to see them on a, on a pairing apart for the rest of the season. What are you going to do with the other parents? I, I, for me, can you see what the nurse and CC ones are? Sorry, yeah, sure. Because they have yeah. been well visibly, well, mostly CC more than nurse. I yeah. find him, but he's having a very difficult time at the moment. And I'm wondering, you if want all year or just in the last? Let's in just these do the last three games three here. Three games, sure. Yeah. So in those, mm, oh, I hit the wrong button. Darn it. Because uh, CC for me is somebody who, for a long time, people didn't talk about because. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything wrong, mm -hmm. but these past few games, like that offside call against the Leafs where he just stopped playing yeah. and he scored, it's been a bit of a difficult and run. I had that second number messed up. I went back an extra week for the with both of them off the ice, but regardless, it shows mm -hmm. the point being that it shows the impact that adding Ekholm has brought. Because yep. you look at that sample size with no Bouchard, Ekholm before compared to what they're at now, it's unbelievable. So Nurse and CC together have played 37 minutes in the last three games at five on five. The Oilers are outscored three to one. It's not yeah. good. That's, I mean, yeah, it's not a great look for your top pairing, but, and Aaron, maybe we could flash these two up here um, or flash up the, the D pairings. I'm not sure what else you do here. I don't think Nurse and DeHarnay would be a good pairing. I don't think no. Kulak and Cece would be a good pairing. I do think that this is one of one of those situations where you just need these guys to play better. There's no like with Bouchard, I do believe Ekholm can be a bit of a permanent spark for him. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want them to stay together. Cause again, we at least have the sample size of Bouchard with a good vet before, boosted up his numbers, and Bouchard played his best hockey when he had a good veteran kind of safety net with him. Uh but you need nurse or you need CC and nurse. I should say, I want to say it in that order to just be better. And that's, what's going to allow this defense to really turn a corner. 
yeah, I, like you said, I don't think there's many options other than kind of what's there. Like Dehanay and Nurse, maybe that could be one, but I don't know if I want to trust Dehanay with those kind of minutes at the nope. moment. So I feel like this is what you get. Maybe you just give Ekholm and Bouchard some extra minutes to just mm-hmm. take it off. Not even Nurse. I think Nurse has actually been probably fine. I think he, recently. as the year's gone on, he's gotten better and better. It's just, yeah. he he was fighting it early. And does he still make the odd turnover and stuff? Yeah, but sure. every D-man does. Especially every D-man who you trust to play that many minutes. Like Ekholm's made some bad plays. He made that one on a goal, I think it was actually on Saturday, where yeah. he like, that blind backhand pass behind the net and he got to the Jets player and they scored. Like it like, just happens, right? Guy, like, when you need, when you have a D man on the ice in his own end and playing north of 20 minutes every game, they're going to make bad plays. Yeah. Leon tries out of Connor McDavid, they make bad plays too. Like sometimes stuff just happens, you know? Yeah. So I, I think eventually these two are just going to have to find a rhythm. We know Nurse and CC can play well together. They were absolute rocks back there mm-hmm. in the playoffs for the Oilers last year. CC got the game winning goal in game seven. Crying out loud. Like this mm-hmm. guy is, uh, he's got it. He's just fighting it bad right now. Yeah. Uh, Joey, the backup optimist, perfectly said, Tyler, CC and Nurse. Rusty, the reckless optimist, said, I'm very interested to see McLeod on the top line tonight if the lines are the same as they were at practice this morning. And I, again, I know we haven't talked Jack Campbell yet. I'm intentionally saving that. Because my friend Mike McKenna, dailyfaceoff.com analyst, former NHL goaltender, was a goalie, a professional goalie for a long time. He's going to join us in a few minutes and break this all down. Um, but we do have insight on the lines for tonight. The Oilers going back to 12-6, and six, a configuration that they haven't won with since December. Granted, I think it was pretty late in December, but this is what the lines are looking like. McDavid McLeod and Zach Hyman is the expected top line. Rye, Dry, and Kai on the second line. I actually thought they kept playing good hockey. I think they're looking good right now, and you can keep running with them. Uh, the third line, you got Nick Bukestad, who's averaging a goal a game since joining the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Stats. Uh, Warren Fogle, who's playing great hockey. Matthias Janmark, who popped home a shorty against the Jets. And then your fourth line, you're going shore with Derek Ryan and Clem the Dream Costin or Clem the Dream Costin. Uh, he's going to be on the left side there. Surprised to see Clem healthy scratched, actually. That was surprising, especially after the conversation we had on Saturday. Yeah. Where it could be like a physically tough game for the mm-hmm. others. But when it happened, I thought about it. I was like, ah, I could kind of see why yeah. in a way. But I don't know. I was a little shocked by that, too. Uh, Tyler Mulek says they'll put the lines in the blender like always. I think with 12 and 6, I think Woody will keep guys together a little bit more. Um, and then again, you got to look at the D pairings there. No Philip Broberg tonight. He's expected to be a scratch for the Oilers. Uh, really not much you could do in that regard simply because unless you want to flip someone to their offside, which maybe they would try if they were on home ice against a weaker team, could control things a bit better than being on the road. A bunch of you are asking about Evander Kane. He is not going to play tonight, but he did skate today. Just wasn't a part of the line rushes. So Kane, close. They did say, though, it would probably be Thursday when we see him back, right? Last week, I'm sure they said that in... Yeah, well, if he's skating today, three more days. Yeah, He's on the road trip, so you don't bring a guy on the road trip if he's not... If there's at least not a shot that he's going to play at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to keep rolling with the short four giant game day in just a bit, but we have a special guest joining us today on the show, and it is brought to you by Star Mechanical. You can find them online, starmechanical.ca. They've been one of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the last 20 years. Need emergency service? Oh, you better believe they got you. 24-7 emergency service, 780-481-8873. 8873 It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now we go to some... Are we going to call it emergency goaltending analysis? He <laughs> might be at that level. Mike McKenna, daily face-off, former NHL goaltender. Mike, this fan base is freaking out about Jack Campbell. And there's layers to this conversation. But let's just go focus purely on him as a goalie right now. What are you noticing in his game that's not working? And Hey, how's it going there? Just making sure there we're good. Go. Um, <laughs> I went back for the last five games and watched what Jack had done. And I just think that what we're witnessing is that same type of roller coaster season that you've seen out of Jack Campbell previously in different destinations where he'll win eight games in a row and look pretty good in the process. And then somehow the wheels fall off. And mm-hmm. what's frustrating is that last game against the jets, what four of those six goals are tipped in, you know, they all involve traffic, their screens. Um, and there's been a whole lot of traffic goals scored against. And that was one of the things that I picked up on early in the year is that it's a generalized thing to say that a goalie has a hard time with traffic. But Jack has a really hard time with traffic right now. He's just not picking up pucks. And what seems to bother me is that you get one or two goals that go in like that, and it just feels like he loses the crispness to his game or the confidence in his game as it goes. And then you see him get beat clean by a shot or clean by a second shot. You know, it's kind of a cyclical thing where he can't just turn it off. You know, goal goes in, whatever, forget about it, move on to the next one. Um, I'm not sure hundred percent what's causing that, but there's also some structural things. Um, I think that Jack really his whole career has struggled to rotate, especially to his blocker side. Part of that's because, um, his alignment's off. He typically has his right foot in front of his left. And then when he goes to his right side, his upper body doesn't rotate like his bottom, like his lower body, and it fights against one another. It's hard to get to the post. You know, these were all things that I notif- noticed early on that I thought he'd cleaned up a little bit in some areas. And he's obviously been working on it. Like he's changed his approach to screenshots. He's trying to look higher and look around. It's just right now he's getting beat up by it. And like I say, it feels like it's kind of this cyclical thing where he starts to search and starts to overdo what he's uh, potentially thinking of to be able to to be able to improve again. He's given up 24 goals against in his last five starts. Take us through maybe the mindset of a goalie who's struggling like this, because a lot of people are saying it's a confidence thing for Jack Campbell. He's just got to find his confidence. But in season, is that just way easier said than done? Confidence is a real thing. Um, there is something behind that. It's just a matter of what's it going to take? Is it just one big game to turn it around? I would argue that's not the case. Um, You need to have three, four games in a row, win or lose, where you walk out of the feeling pretty good about your walk out of the building feeling pretty good about yourself. And, you know, for Jack, that's just, that's not the case the last five, you know, I mean, we're we're looking at now it's been six games since he's put up a safe percentage over 90%. One of the games he gets pulled four goals on 14 shots. Like that's, that's not a game you're walking out feeling good. You know, even when you win a game, you still allow three or four. So I think the biggest thing is your confidence level really is tied to the generalized feeling. And to hear him say after the game, there's a couple I'd like to have back. He's brutally honest, right? Um, But it shines through. So I think you just have to go back to your reps, your technique, your practice, um, and just do the things that have given you success before that allowed him to win eight games in a row earlier this year when he was allowing two and three and against. Yeah, and there was that run where he did look good, and it took a couple of games against some weaker opponents, but that got the ball rolling. Then it was, bang, good game against Vegas. Bang, good game against Tampa. Mm -hmm. And he really got going, and it was actually at a time when Skinner was starting to slip. A lot of people are going to look at Campbell. And actually, I'll throw you this for a piece of analysis. Uh, D cards 35 in the chat. He makes himself incredibly small in the crease. Do you think, like, is that an equipment issue with Campbell? Or when you see a guy making himself small, is that positional? Like, what do you make of that comment? 
it, there's some truth to it in that Campbell doesn't he doesn't like the biggest upper body gear in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's part of it. I know he's experimented with different things and he has switched from Vaughn to Brian's gear, which is a little bit um, squarer, at least the pads, um, the gloves changed as well. That happened around Christmas time. And that's when he did go on his big run. It was like, once he switched to Brian's dude, he took off. Uh, yeah. and, and I was just thinking, awesome. Like he's crossed the bridge. Right. And then these last five gains have, have been a bit of a step back. I do think he needs to look at himself in the mirror literally and say, man, I can be bigger. I can present bigger. What can I do with my equipment to help that? And what can I do with hand positioning? What can I do with my upper body when I'm in my stance, especially on shots that are from far away? He tends to bring his hands kind of close into his body, which does expose space and makes it a little bit bigger. Um, But presenting big is something I talk about commonly with goalies that I coach. Like you want to take up as much space visually as you can. It's not a deception game. Okay. Any commentator you ever hear say that, oh, he was giving him that side and took it away. Yeah, that's a load of trash. Nobody does that anymore. You need to be as big as you can in the net. So uh, (laughs) I think there is something to it that his stance in general, where his hand positioning is, um, and combined with his upper body gear, which is not very big compared to others in the league, does have something to do with him looking smaller. Yeah, I'm not convinced that there's anything Campbell can do in season that can drastically change him. This feels like one of those things, Mike, where he's going to have to just go into the summer and it might be a long summer and a hard work in summer, but to like make changes like your upper body gear and things like that, like it's unrealistic to think he's going to just magically flip a switch and turn this around in season, right? Yeah, well, I mean, as short of doing a full on goalie school in the middle of the year, which you can do, I mean, and here's the thing, though, I, I, I don't I wouldn't say it's impossible because. Skinner's to me has been so consistent, right? Yeah. 23 out of his 34 starts this year, Skinner's allowed either two or three goals against Tyler. Like that's stunning consistency. Um, if, if you can bank on Skinner starting a bunch of these next games and let Campbell just kind of get back into his own mode where he's working on his things in practice and morning skates for a little bit, it's not a bad deal. This is why I thought having these two goalies would be a necessity for the Oilers. And it's proven out to be. They've both won 17 games, right? I think if I'm going to check the score stat stat sheet here. Um, So the difference is that Campbell's allowed so many goals that the Oilers have had to score a ton of goals in those games. They've turned into track meets. Whereas Skinner with his consistency and allowing less, the team hasn't had to score as often. um, But maybe almost to a detriment. So um, I do think you can do it in season. And the one thing about Campbell, man, he works. And he, he absolutely loved by teammates, works like crazy. Um, you know he's going to try to do everything he can to help it. It's just a matter of if they can create a roadmap in season that's going to work for him again. Let's talk a little bit about Stuart Skinner because a lot of people are in the chat saying, oh, four more years at five million bucks for Campbell. The good news is you have three more years of Stuart Skinner at 2.6 million. I view this year as Stuart Skinner growing into his role as a number one goalie in the NHL. Am I being a homer? Is that hyperbole? Or do you also view this guy as someone who can be, you know, a 1A going forward for this team? I think with Skinner, you're still going to need to see him develop kind of an it factor, if you will, right? Like he's not the most explosive goaltender. Um, he, he's not the guy that you're going to see making the highlight reel save every game. His, his game is built, built completely on control and mechanics and getting an entire body behind a puck, right? Like he's not the guy that's windmilling all the time. But it, like I say, it lends itself to consistency. So if for Skinner to grow into a true number one role at the NHL, is that his ceiling? You know, I'm not sure of that. But I think in tandem with Campbell, it it, it gives you a couple bullets in the chamber there. Um, but you, you wish you could even out the highs and lows for Campbell and you could just run both of them. Because like frankly, like when Campbell's at his absolute best, he's shown he can be a, a number one for 10 or 20 games. Whereas Skinner, to me, has shown that he can be a good number two and maybe play some number one minutes. But at 2 point, 2 point, uh, what's his contract? 2.75? more years. 2.6 million bucks for a guy that's a 1A or B, that's a value. That's good. So I'd be totally happy with that. And still, even with Campbell at five, you're still running out 7.6 million for your goalies for the next three years. And it's going to give Skinner a little bit of little bit of juice, man. His deal runs out a year before Campbell. So really all it's doing is making his contract makes Edmonton decide within the next year or two, what are they going to do with Jack? So, yeah. you know, Skinner created a bit of a pressure point there in a good way, I think, for himself. 
uh, with the team. But yeah, can he do it? We'll see. I think I think he's got the mechanics. It's just developing that it factor and just killer instinct as a goaltender. Uh the good other piece of silver lining, I guess, for the Oilers is their path to the conference finals is Vegas, L.A., and Seattle. And today on Daily Faceoff Live, every day, 10, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, if people want to check it out. And you were breaking down the Pacific Division goaltending. Vegas has this weird quartet that they're going to roll with for the remainder of the season. L.A. has Copley and Corpusallo. Seattle has Grubauer and Jones. Neither one has been overwhelmingly impressive so far this year is the good news kind of for Edmonton that, Hey, even if their goaltendings may be a bit inconsistent in terms of their duo, man, those other three teams, it's not like any of them have a superstar between the pipes either. Yeah. It's, it's kind of similar to round one last year when you look at the Kings and Oilers. And honestly, if the Kings had better goaltending, they win that series. If you ask me. And I know that people look that quick had a couple big games, but he also had some, not good games. I was covered one of those as mm-hmm. in the building for it, where he allowed seven, you know, and Corpus is going to change the face of the Kings. Like that guy can play. He's had a great year. Uh, the Kings have given up. I believe the last I checked, they're seventh in the NHL and high danger chances again, against in a good way, mm-hmm. right? The seventh least amount. Yeah. Um, but Vegas is only Vegas is like top two. Carolina's one Vegas is two, you know? So, I don't really love Vegas's quartet, as you said, because you don't know who it's going to be. Um, Aiden Hills played pretty good lately for that team, but he's had tough moments. Um, the underlying numbers aren't great for him or even for Logan Thompson if he's healthy. And Jonathan Quick has been the worst goalie in the NHL, not named Elvis Merzlikens this year. So I, I don't trust Vegas's goaltending. I Seattle's, I mean, Marty Jones has won games and Grubauer's played better lately. But if you're looking for an X factor there, I, I look at the Pacific as goaltending not being the big difference. You know, I think it's defense in general rather than the guys between the pipes. Um, and LA and Vegas are both pretty formidable when it comes to that. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a really fun playoff run here for uh, the Oilers. I think All right, so. Mike. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thanks for joining us today on the show, Mike. Appreciate your insight, man. And uh, we'll tune in tomorrow when you're back in the chair for DFO Live. Thanks. It's day. Thanks for having me. Liam, can I just hear your voice? It's been a bit. I just want to hear it. Hello, Mike. How are things? Oh, hello. Okay, that's perfect. I just needed to hear that lovely accent of yours. So (laughs) thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. See yeah, Mike. Should have had you do the Star Mechanical ad read, so uh, Mike could have heard your voice then. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to our friends at Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca. What did you make of that, Liam? Yeah, I, I always love having Mike on the show. He's, he's great. He's got such good insight on everything that he talks about and the Jack Campbell stuff. It's, it's just going to be a little bit of an interesting ride here until the end of the season. I know a lot of the goals he's like Mike even said have been tipped goals that are going in, but eventually you kind of look at your goal and you're like, hey man, a lot of the same goals are going in and nothing's changing. And for me, that's kind of the big thing with Campbell at the moment, especially over the weekend. It's like, I get it. Three or four of them were tips, whatever. But sometimes you got to stop those. Too. Yeah. And it's, you know, someone else was like, oh, breakaway goal. And it's like, man, you know, goalies can stop breakaways. Yeah. Right? Like I, I saw a stat over the weekend that it's like north of 50% goalies stopping breakaways this year in the NHL. Jack Campbell ain't stopping north of 50% of the breakaways he's facing. And yeah, okay, are shots getting deflected? Sure. That goes back, to, in my opinion, to him making himself small. So um, AJ Karen just said, make the save. And yeah, I think at some point with Campbell, it's, Just make the save. Someone else said, you got to support the boys. And I mean, it's not exactly like people don't tune in here for us to just be. He'll get that. Yep. He's going to get it. Because right now, I honestly do not believe he's going to find it this year. I think this is Stuart Skinner's crease. There's, again, 18 games to go in the regular season. Jonathan Willis had a good tweet the other day that I retweeted um, lining up. There's a decent argument to do things this way based on giving Skinner a good rotation. It makes sense to go. Boston Buffalo Skinner. Toronto, give it to Campbell. And you know what? I'm down. Toronto, he's back in that building. Let's give that to Campbell and see what happens. Uh, And then you can go seven straight for Skinner, play Vegas on the second half of a back-to-back, give him Campbell. Three straight for Skinner, give Anaheim on the second of back-to-back. And then by that point, hopefully, hopefully the Oilers are locked into home ice advantage for round one of the playoffs. And you can just rest Skinner a little bit and only give him one of the final three. That's how I'd split this up. But I think you do need to lean on Stuart Skinner pretty heavily down the stretch here because these are important points. 
Calgary, thankfully, has absolutely fallen off a cliff and makes it almost at the point where the Oilers are locked into a playoff spot. I don't want to say that yet, but the math is getting to be in their favor. Let's run through a little math hypothetical. Here we go. Let's say the Oilers go 10 and 8 in their final 18 games, which would be only two games above 500. Not that good, Mm -hmm. but 10 and 8. That'll put them on the year at, get an extra 20 points, 96 points. The Calgary Flames right now are at 67. So that means they would have to get 29 points just to catch the Oilers. But remember, they hold the tiebreaker. So just catching the Oilers is not enough. They would need 30 points in their final 19 games to catch the Oilers if the Oilers just go 10 and 8, which means Calgary would have to go 15 and Mm 3 down the stretch. The Calgary Flames are not going 15 and 3, people. Nashville, maybe there's a better case to be made about them catching the Oilers simply because if they were to win all of their games in hand right now, they would be tied with the Oilers. But again, the tiebreakers in their favor. So it would take a four game winning streak from Nashville with those games in hand. And we're getting to the point now as well. And I want to get this in there. I know I'm rambling and probably talking very fast. We're getting to the point where games in hand just means you have less days off from now until the end of the season. It's not necessarily a great thing to be playing a jam packed schedule down the stretch. Again, Nashville would have to win all those games in hand. And even if that happens, Winnipeg would then have to win their game in hand and then gain a point on the Oilers down the stretch. Like the Oilers should in all likelihood make the playoffs. I think money puck has them at like 90 some percent. So I'm going to roll with money puck. It's looking good, but you still want to try to get home ice in round one because we saw how important having game seven in your building can be last year. Although sometimes I think it's a little overblown, but still you want that. That's something to strive for down the stretch. You play the hell out of Skinner until it seems real likely, hopefully, that you can have that top or that first or second spot locked up. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Tyler. And yeah. the thing we want to talk about goaltending here, Calgary has not exactly had stellar goaltending either, which is pretty much a reason why they're in the position that they are. The yeah. biggest reason, obviously, are the factors like Gaudreau and your two best players not actually wanting to be yeah. there. But besides the facts, I just wanted to bring this up quickly just on the goalies. I saw this from Oiling Goal yesterday. Good follow. Minus, so standings points impacted. Okay. Jack Campbell is minus nine, which means essentially he has lost the Oilers nine points this yeah. season. Stuart Skinner is plus eight. So he basically has that broken down. He has everything bleeds into positive appearances and negative, negative. appearances. Yeah. So uh, positive appearances this season for Jack Campbell, 10. He's played 30 games, okay. maybe even 34 or something. So I'm, I'm assuming this isn't counting like polls or whatever. Stuart Skinner, 21. Literally doubled him. And they're flipped too because Campbell has 20 negatives and Skinner only has 13 negatives. So there just comes a point, and like you just kind of said, just to back it up, like you just got to ride Skinner now. You got to ride him until the wheels essentially start to fall off slightly. Okay, here you go, Campbell. Here's your redemption game. I would be worried about playing him in Toronto, but I get it. But boy, oh boy, if something bad happens, uh, it is going to be bad. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm sure Campbell, with he's probably itching to get that start. But you're right. Do you save him from himself a little yes. bit and go, we're not. But but then you can't throw him out there against Boston. That'd be like throwing a raw steak to a pack of hyenas. That's true. It would be eaten. Well, the it steak could would be, be eaten dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone is, who was it in the chat? Keith Richard says, 100% Tyler, we can't be throwing away points right now. That was my point exactly, is mm-hmm. right now these games are very important. The last three, when you play like Anaheim and San Jose and two of them, you could maybe afford to say, hey, we're going to play Campbell and we're going to rest Stuart Skinner. That would be the motivation. At that, at this point, the Campbell starts are no longer about getting Jack Campbell going with maybe the exception being the game against Toronto. But in large, you are now only starting Campbell when you need to rest Skinner. That's the way this team's going to go. Stuart Skinner's the guy. I'm a collector. You are too. Yep. I'm going to load up on Stuart Skinner rookie cards because I think they're going to be yeah. very valuable in six months if he has the kind of run that I think he can. There's been a narrative around Twitter, I guess, over the weekend since Campbell started that game of like, what would it take to buy him out? Mm-hmm. I'm probably not even close to there right now. I get it. It has been a very difficult season for Jack Campbell. Yep. Hell, we've just sat here for probably 41 minutes and not said many positive things about him. <laughs> but I next season's a new year. And I think that's when the others will fully evaluate if Jack Campbell can be around, I think Jack Campbell can be a good goalie for this team. We've seen it in spurts this season. 
I just don't know if it's going to happen this time around, unfortunately. Yeah. But luckily for us, we have a very good goaltender in Stuart Skinner, too, who was an all-star this season. $7.6 million on your goaltending is not bad at all. Not that bad. And Corb, I saw your comment, and yes, we're going to talk about the matchup against the Buffalo Sabres in a bit. Oh, yes. But I just really, like, the, the dominating storyline is that. I also want to share an interesting nugget Frank Saravalli passed along on, day, on the DFO Rundown. Uh, pod drops every Monday and Thursday with himself and Jason Greger. And he was talking about the salary cap coming this summer. Okay. And this year, he believes they're going to find a way to increase it, even if it's artificial. He thinks there's enough motivation to do it from all sides, to open up the league a little bit, get some money flowing. Even if the players haven't paid back their debt to the owners, they will find a way to make it work. And Frank said in two years, so not this summer, but by next summer, we could see the salary cap go up as much as eight or nine million by then, which is interesting because right now, heading into this summer, if the cap only goes up $1 million, the Oilers are going to have 8.5. I think we can expect the cap to jump at least three, which means the Oilers are going to have 10.5 million. Okay. They are losing, or the, not losing, their RFAs are Bouchard, McLeod, and Costin. Costin's going to cost you a million bucks to bring back, so you're down to 9.5. McLeod will maybe cost you two if you go for a bit of yep. term. You go for like a two-year deal. Bucks, you probably owe him a little bit because he did you a solid this year. Yeah, for sure. But I think between McLeod and Costin, whatever term you're looking at, like max three point five. Yeah, which means you have seven million dollars with Bouchard to sign, and then your UFAs who are Fogel or sorry, not Fogel, Ryan, Yanmark, Shore, and Bukestad. You can bring back three of those at a million bucks a pop. I wonder how they'll handle Bouchard is where I'm getting with all of this. Cause the roster is pretty set. You maybe want to get a right winger to do that. Maybe you have to move out some salary from the left side. Um, and I get this is an off season conversation, but the point is they're locked in. And if they wanted to go long-term with Bouchard this summer, they could do that. Yeah. And I think it might even be the right thing to do. They clearly have shown their belief in him by yeah. moving out Tyson Berry. And now your right side is essentially ran by Evan mm -hmm. Bouchard. So why not just lock that in for maybe the next six years or something? It, I don't know. I don't even know a figure, but I would try and go long-term with him for yeah. sure. So you can just get a, a very reasonable cost for the team and not screw yourself like you did with Donnell Nurse. Yeah. The other thing that would be that is great for the Oilers, Clefbaum Smith off the books. That means if you play your cap smart this offseason, you can get to a point where you have no LTIR money, which means like we saw with the Rangers, you're accumulating throughout the season. And that could really help you come next year's trade deadline. But that is a long ways away. The Oilers are in the middle of a playoff push. It's a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day brought to you by their Ford Mobile Service Department. They'll come to you. Jay has even taken advantage of the fact that they have a valet service. Come pick up your car, bring it to Sherwood Ford while you're at work. Boom, they bring it back just like that. It's like your car never left. That's the kind of service you get with our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Want more info? Description of today's episode. The Oilers taking on the Buffalo Sabres, a team that is playing some pretty good hockey right now. 6-4-0 in their last 10, coming off an impressive victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're 32-25-4 on the season. They have struggled on home ice, though, and that is something that gives me some hope for the Oilers. Buffalo 13-16 and two on home ice this season. The Oilers have been a good road team, 18, 10, and three on the road. Let's get to our lineup report. This is how the Sabres are going to be looking tonight, that top line, and it is worth noting, there is a big name missing from this top line for the Buffalo Sabres, and it's the guy who I say really changed the culture of the Sabres in Alex Tuck. Yes. It brought in a local guy and a guy who wanted to be in Buffalo. He's out of the lineup, though, so it's Jeff Skinner with a potential MVP finalist. Not an MVP contender because we all know who's winning MVP this year, but Tage Thompson with Jeff Skinner and Jack Quinn. Thompson, seven points in his last five games. On the year, 42 goals and 40 assists. Thompson's been just a East this season. Dylan Cousins, the workhorse from Whitehorse, who has a brand new seven plus million dollar extension, three goals in his last five. Casey Middlestat, Vinny Hinnestroja on his wings. Peyton Krebs with Victor Olofsson and JJ Paterka. Zemgis Gergensen's with Kyle Ocposo and the newly acquired Jordan Greenway on the fourth line. The D pairings, 
for Minnesota or for Buffalo. I was thinking of Jordan Greenway from Minnesota. <laughs> for Buffalo, Rasmus Dahlin with Kale Clegg, Owen Power with Henry Yokoharu, Jacob Bryson with Ilya Labushkin, Alex Tuck, Riley Stillman, Matias Samuelson. That's another big loss for the Sabres team. And Tyson Yost are your injured players. Just from reading out those lineups, Liam, that top line looks good. Dylan Cousins on the second line looks good. After that, it falls off a bit. On the D pairings, Rasmus Dahlin, Norris quality D-man. Yep. After that, with Samuelson out, everyone's up a notch in that blue line. This Sabres team is playing very inspired hockey. I love their coach, Don Granato. They're beatable, though. Yeah, they are. And and I like a lot of the players this team has, to be honest. And it's also interesting to note that J.J. Paterka is now John Jason Paterka, too which I thought was big. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it is funny that Daily Faceoff spells him out that way. Yeah, I didn't. I just assumed his name was JJ, to be Straight honest. Straight up JJ? That's what his parents wrote? Just J&J? Maybe. Are you allowed to do that? You can do whatever you want. It's your child. There's rules. I don't think there is rules. Oh, yeah. there In Alberta, I believe there's rules. I think there's like certain months you can't name your child. And like, really? there is a set of rules. Let yeah, me, it, if anyone in the chat knows anything about this, or maybe I'm totally out to lunch. If anybody has recently named a child, yeah. let us know the process. Let us know. Clearly, we're not experts on that or anything, apparently, <laughs> according to some people. Yeah, according to some people. Why would you listen to this at all? For insight into baby names, of yes, course. Uh, north of 300 watching on the Nation Network YouTube. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button for us. I know there's a bunch of you out there not hitting that subscribe button. We have personal beef until you do. <laughs> uh, sorry, I guess one thing on the Sabres is they kind of leak goals uh, to an more. extent. So last game, they allowed three. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever the Oilers can score three goals, they typically win games. Before that, they allowed seven. Uh, uh, ah. <laughs> that was unintentional, Jack. I'm sorry. Um, they allowed five against against uh, Columbus. Then they allowed four against uh, the Capitals. Like, mm-hmm. They kind of it's a high-scoring game. So if you're looking to bet tonight, which we are, I might look at the over, not for the fact of Stuart Skinner, but for the fact of Buffalo kind of giving yeah. you get. On the season as a whole, the Sabres have allowed the eighth most goals against per game in or since February 1st. So in the last month and five days, using Feb 1 as just an arbitrary start, they've allowed the most goals against per game in the NHL. And they have half a goal more against per game than any other team in the NHL. They're at 4.42. The Ducks are in second at 3.92. That is not good. And if you're like, well, the Oilers are drunk too. Yep, you'd be correct. They're in the bottom 10, seventh last at 3.64 goals against per game. But these two teams have been scoring a lot. In fact, since February 1st, no one has scored more than the Edmonton Oilers. 4.36 goals per game. You take that and you combine it with the 3.64. Quick math. Quick math, seven, average of eight total goals per game for the Edmonton Oilers. For the Sabres, you take 3.67, you go plus 4.42, math, uh, 8.09. So there you go. That's a lot. Maybe you want to take the over. Let's get into things with our Betway wrap. What a segue. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm talking like an auctioneer today. Yeah. Like I'm probably going way too fast. I apologize. You're throwing a lot out there, but we had a bet from Jay, but I will just read it aloud because yeah. I didn't have time to put it in. But Jay today went with. Did he go Oilers and over? He went Oilers and over six and a half, which after our last conversation, Jay might be two and 12 after tonight if things go well for him. Which is big. I like that play. I like the Oilers to win, and I like the over tonight. One of my daily face-off live bets of the day was taking over seven goals in this game because mm-hmm. I do think we're going to get to eight. And that doesn't mean Skinner's going to play bad. I just think it could be a 5-3 hockey game on either side of this bad boy. It was So I went with the Oilers money line and dry saddle two-plus points. We did back-to-back games. Obviously, got the hat trick mm-hmm. the other game. We didn't do well. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. Tri-saddle hat trick. I know I talked talked about him a bit, but still impressive. Yeah. Nice little hat trick too. So I'm gonna go with that. Two points for Dry. There was also a juicy one, which Gavin the intern pointed out to me. Plus a thousand. Okay, so ten to one. Oilers to win. Uh huh. Over six and a half. Uh huh. McDavid to score twice. Score like he's not points. Goals. Goals. Which plus a thousand for a guy that is. I know he's missed no goals in the last couple, but boy, oh boy, that is that is juicy as all heck. 
It is. I want to find McDavid career against the Sabres. You like how we kind of just do our show prep while we roll during the show, like during the show. It's just it's tune in Oilers Nation every day. Watch your Emcha Google stuff for 40 <laughs> minutes. Uh, but Connor McDavid against the Buffalo Sabres in his career. I am good at Googling. I pulled that up quickly. Uh, he's played 12 games. He's got 12 points, four goals, eight assists. The way you can always spin these numbers, like if you would have had like 12 goals in 12 games, I would have been like, great bet. Yeah, he'll score twice tonight. No, he only has four in 12 games. He's due for a big goal outburst against Against, the Sabres is how I'll spin that. And I feel like he might want to go against big against the Sabres knowing he could have lived in that city. That close. So maybe it's kind of like, hey, look at what you could have had. Bang. But instead, you had Jack Eichel who wants to leave. Wanted to leave and left. (laughs) Davin says McDavid getting five goals tonight. Hey. Leslie says Jay's betting is like Campbell's goals against really bad. Oh, um, you go. So you can flash mine up again, Aaron. Sorry. I didn't. Uh, I'm on a heater right now, which is worth noting. I have won three games in a row. Cause all I did was the over uh, the other game. Oilers money line plus McDavid to go two plus points plus one twenty. That is the, that is the bet. McDavid. He didn't get two points against Winnipeg on Saturday. He'll bounce mm-hmm. back. You'll get it going again. I do like him to score, but just to bet him to score once, the payout sucks because the books don't want to give you anything. Um, Oilers money line, McDavid two plus points, plus 120. Boom, plus money. Solid. Solid. Sabres suck at home. So there's that. There you have it. There you have it. I'm enjoying the debate that has gone throughout the show of why people watch. Um, yeah, I mean, let a us few know. Times, but yeah. I like when people complain, like, or you'll get a DM and like, oh, you were talking about this on the show. That sucks. And it's like, hey man, it's free. I, yeah. There was also a free. thing like, I get it. Sometimes the internet sucks on this show. Yeah. Trust me. We would love it to be better. Sometimes it just happens, but let's not forget. This is, f- this is free. It's free. This is this free. Is free. <laughs> we don't promise quality. We just promise that it's free. And we ask that if you have plumbing needs, you use star mechanical. Yes. And buy your apparel at Sports Closet, sportscloset.ca. Uh, Sergeant Battle says the reason he watches is because producer Aaron puts a lot of work into it. Yeah, AB's been on fire recently. Um, <laughs> a lot of you guys talking about a Discord you've made as just a group. Hell yeah, you you go yeah. crazy. There's a, you guys go nuts with that thing. I don't know anything about it, so I wasn't going to start one. Feel free to always throw that link in there. Yeah, you can just, whoever oh, yeah. runs it. I don't know which one. You, I think it was I think it's QF, QF Pro QF and Pro. Lance. Do yeah, it? maybe. Throw it in there. Yeah. I'll always accept it's it. Not, it's uh, not Oilers Nation sanctioned, but I can't stop you guys from making yeah. a Discord. I just couldn't make one myself. Uh, hey, how about this one from M? Is that what say, you were pointing at? I was just going to say M li- live in... Live, live in, in London, London, UK. First time tuning in live. First time reading. Or maybe they're too. saying live in London, UK. First time tuning in live. The English language, Liam. It'll it's get you. It's a difficult thing. I have struggled. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, welcome. How far... Because you're I'm, from... I'm from Bolton. Yeah. It's about a four-hour drive from Manchester. to in, Manchester's northwest. London is southeast. Okay. So it's like Pretty right close. across. Pretty close. Uh, Leslie says, I just started watching your show like two weeks ago. Mostly I find your takes refreshing and kind of honest. That's one way to put it. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for watching. I know a bunch of you, obviously, because the numbers have shot up and stayed high. A bunch of you got into this because you started watching when Frank would hop on the show. So yeah, there and you my, go. obviously trade deadline was a crazy time, and it was a lot of speculation around the yeah. team. The Carlson era was huge. Never Just forget. Never forget. Next, she, next she, to Garth Brooks. Carlson era, not yeah. like a Carlson jersey retirement, but just like Carlson era. Yep. Chicken era. Chicken era was wild. That was big. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, Patrick Kane was kind of something for a while too. Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Trade deadline. I love silly season just to reflect on it and think of like, what could have been? And we Mm -hmm. like Tyson Berry. We haven't spoke about this at all, but we had Tyson Berry on the daily face off live trade deadline show. Yeah. I interviewed him on Friday. And weird. I can't remember. Maybe we did talk about it, but he said there was a little bit more traction to that Carlson thing that maybe we kind of didn't think about. He used the word traction. He did. He knew. He knew what was going on. Or he just used that word. Yeah, maybe. But like (laughs) they, he basically said like, hey, maybe it was, I don't know how close, but maybe a little closer than any of us thought about it. Jeremy says he watches because he's listened to the pod forever and his pal Liam is on the show. Is that one of your, the guys you go for cheesecake with? That is not. Ah, sorry, Jeremy. I didn't know. I wonder if Jeremy is. Jeremy, you think he is? Nicole's cousin. 
That's my guess. Mm. Is that you, Jeremy? You no last name, so you are just taking a shot, and you know a lot of Jeremy's. I've, yeah, I've always talked about Jeremy. Uh, all right, let's move to a wrap because we've been rolling here for like almost an hour and I'm sure, well, I got to go eat lunch. And we got a new episode of Real Life yeah. coming later today. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in uh, live on the Nation Network YouTube. Hit the subscribe and like button before you dip out for the day. It's been a short for giant game day edition of the show. Oilers and Sabres, 5.30 Mountain Time. That gives you enough time to get home, make dinner, sit in front of the couch with your dinner, Watch the Oilers play while you eat. That's a good combo. 5.30 starts. They're, they're all right by me. I know a lot of people yeah. hate them. But shout out to AMA Travel and Sports Closet, Nick Bukestad, Matias Ekholm, whoever you want on your jersey. They can help you out. They also have a ton in stock at one of their three locations, St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, Kingsway Mall. I went and checked out that store over the weekend for the first time. Nice spot over at Kingsway. Kingsway is a good mall. Underrated. They win tonight. We're going to Kingsway. Uh, yeah, I was asking me? you more. I was more like, are they are the Oilers oh. going to win tonight? I wasn't like, yeah, we could go to King. <laughs> yeah, I think the Oilers will. Uh, I think the Oilers will win tonight. I'm going to go with a juicy like seven, three, or four or something. Mm, I think I that'll like be that. a lot of goals. I was so I was at Kingsway on Saturday, and I was walking around there. I was like, I haven't been here in forever, and I was like, man, the last time I was here is that time we went when we went to Nate together, and we went to the food court. We'd go to the food court. Yep, the the Sabaros. Yeah, yeah. I, that was honestly. I've not been to Kingsway in that long since we went to radio school. I go to the Disney store at Kingsway. That's about it. Is it still there? I've I don't know. <laughs> I walked around. I did a lap. The mall is very confusing. The layout threw me off. Uh, anyways, I'm going to say the Oilers win as well, which means tomorrow on a Tuesday, I think Coombsy is going to stop by and do the show with us as well. So we'll have some fun. Um, I think the Oilers are going to win and we're going to have a really fun show tomorrow. Shout out to Star Mechanical, AMA Travel, Short Ford the Giant, Betway 19 Plus, please bet responsibly and Short Ford the Giant. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the game tonight. Back tomorrow, Noon Mountain. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.